Welcome to Faith on Fire, the broadcast that encourages believers to ignite the power of faith in their lives. Join us now as Pastor Vince Haney and Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. bring the Word of God to fuel your faith. Welcome back to another edition of Faith on Fire. I am Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. from the Community Church of God. And I'm Pastor Vince Haney from Rama Word of Faith Empowerment Ministries, a.k.a. The Word Church. We are looking this week, we're going to spend some time looking at Psalm 23. And the first part of that psalm, the very first verse, is probably my favorite, although I like the whole thing. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. And a lot of times people read that and and what they hear more than anything else is, wow, I don't have to worry about money. I don't have to worry about any of those things. And Jesus, in fact, said, do not worry because my father knows how to to clothe the the, uh flowers of the field and feed the birds of the air so you don't have to worry about that. But he's not just talking about that. When he says, Thou, you, I will never be in want, we will never want for his protection. We will never want for his love, his guidance, his mercy, his love, his joy, his peace. All of those things will be ours. We will, we will never have to want for any of the things in life that really matter. You know, you've probably heard, everybody's probably heard that, you know, you can't buy the things that really matter. Mm-hmm. And we don't have to worry about that because we don't have to worry about being in want of those things because he is our shepherd and he will provide. And what does David say? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. Well, Richard, as you declare this truth, I call it a truth because God's word is the truth. And as believers, as believers uh, igniting our faith on fire, Scripture says, just shall live by faith. Well, if God said that, that's what the truth is. And we have to get a, a revelation of that. That has to be so real to us. You know, even whatever season we may be in our life. I, I recall the psalmist David said, I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor their seed begging bread. And again, God, and Paul said something. Paul said, a lot of people just quote this part of the scripture. I can do all things through, through Christ who strengthens me. But there's two verses of scripture just before that. He said, I learned to be content in no matter what state I'm in. I learned to abound and I learned to abase. Meaning because the Lord is with me all the time, there's going to be some times where I have to abase, meaning do without certain things that I would like. But God still takes care of me. And then, yes, I learned, I know how to, you know, eat filet mignon, too. But, and I always say this. I went to the store the other day and got some Vienna sausages. Yeah, I know how to do that, too. Just to remind me, <laughs> you know, you're going to, in life, you may be in those two places. But he, the, the key was, 
learning to be content in no matter what state you are. Remember, the Apostle Paul had to spend some time in prison, too, in jail. But did he fear? No, he started singing songs of praises to his Lord, to his God, because he understood because God before me, who can be against me? And he never leaves me nor forsakes me, even in this what may seem an adverse situation. So that's the revelation is the Lord is always my shepherd. I shall not want or I should not fear what man or spirit can do unto me. He's my protector. He's my Jehovah Jireh, my Jehovah Rakashin, the God who provides. He is. Remember, Hebrews eleven six says, those who come to him, and we've come to him because we receive Jesus as Lord and Savior, must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Well, if I'm, if we as his children, as his children, we're diligently seeking, he's always going to reward us by taking care of us. What shepherd doesn't take care of the sheep? Right. He's, he's the great shepherd. He's, he describes himself as the great shepherd. We are his sheep of his flock. I, I Every once in a while we'll talk to somebody and they'll say, well, of course David could say I shall not be in want because he was the king. He had property. He had homes. He had land. He had women. He had everything that he could possibly want. But what people sometimes forget is that he had rebellion while he was a king, and some of the people that were actually trying to get rid of him were his own children. <laughs> yes, you yes. know. So I mean, because we all think, go through things, huh? <laughs> right? <laughs> so to think that he just had it easy all the time and never had a problem. Most people are not being thrown out of their house or thrown out of their kingdom or by their own children. So even kings have difficulty, adversity in life. Because life's going to bring that. But see, but he wrote this out of understanding and revelation. He said, even though all of this stuff happened in my life, I still acknowledge the Lord as my shepherd. And, and I shall not want, because I've seen his hedge of protection over me. When What was his son, Absalom, chasing him down? And then Saul... So he had some adversity, some right. trials, see, and some see, tribulations. People forget that Saul was chasing him around to right, put him to death. Country, Saul yeah. wasn't chasing him around so he could hold him up as some great guy. He was right. chasing him around so that he could do him in. Right, and he was hiding and in fear for his life. And here's another thing he did: David kept hearing from the Lord because David had an opportunity to, to slay his enemy. Two times. And he didn't. So the spirit of the and Lord his, must have been speaking his, to him. His men thought he was an idiot for right. not doing it. And same thing with us. They think we're idiots for praising God in the midst of the storm. The that makes no sense. No, the scripture says, I will bless the Lord at all time. Did David say that? He's probably the one who said that. I will bless the Lord at all time. His praises shall continually be in our mouth. And that's what we need to do in the midst of adversity, in the midst of trials and tribulation. We need to still declare the goodness of the Lord. David never said the Lord forsook him. He understood that in life things are going to happen. The scriptures tells us in the New Testament, don't think it's strange when you fall into various trials, temptations, or tests. But he says, count it all joy. He says, rejoice. Well, rejoice in the Lord. Be happy. You know, the scripture says, don't grow weary in well-doing. The well-doing is talking about the goodness of the Lord. He said, don't grow weary in that because in due season you will reap. And that's what we do as Christians. And that's why it's important to be filled with the knowledge of the, the God's words. So that's what you're going to have to declare. I was listening to a message this morning from my spiritual father, Pastor Winston. And he says, the only thing that will destroy the power of the devil is the word of God. And I believe that. So, But we have to have the word of God. It's just like if you go as a child 
and your other brother or your siblings are messing with you, all you have to go in there and say, Daddy said. That, that carries enough weight. Daddy said. <laughs> but we got what our Abba Father said. And he says, the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. And that's what we need to be declaring. He says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. No weapon that's formed against you shall prosper. You need to declare that. Declare the blood. See, he David believes here that God, that Jesus is the great shepherd and he's going to take care of him. Because when you look at this verse, he doesn't say, I am the king of Israel, so I shall not be in want. I am David, so I shall not be in want. I've got all these possessions, so I shall not be in want. I've got all the women I could ever handle. I shall not be in want. No, he says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. So why was it that he would never be in want? How did he know he would never be out of God's protection? He would never be out of God's provision. How did he know? He knew it because the Lord is his shepherd. So who is my shepherd? When I face trials or tribulations of any kind as a person, who is my shepherd? I'm going to put my faith in my shepherd. I'm not going to put my faith in I, 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 I've done this or I have this or whatever it might be. The Lord is my shepherd. That's why I can rest in him. That's why I can know I will never be in want is because he is a good shepherd, a faithful shepherd, and always will be. And as you were just saying that, Richard, I was reminded of Proverbs 3, 5. And this is what David did. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and all your ways. Acknowledge him and he'll direct your path. David always acknowledged God. And that's that's key for us. We're to always acknowledge God. In the latter part, it says, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. So as you acknowledge, he acknowledged it. God as his shepherd. So as you continue to acknowledge God, and one way we can acknowledge him is by what he said, declared in his word, and his word is the truth. And he said, if you keep acknowledging me as sovereign, as supreme, I got your back. But if you start acknowledging, remember the scripture says, don't look to the left or to the right. We're to be single-minded when it comes to the father, because the Bible says he's a jealous God. And he says, we as his children can't serve two masters. Is he going to love one or hate the other one? And I, can, I think he says that in Matthew 6 where he says, don't worry about your life. Yeah, he, he starts off by saying you can't serve two masters. Then he says, don't worry about your life. And he tells you about all these other things, birds of the air. He says, your father knows what you have need of before you ask. So that's, we as believers, we have to really believe what God said. And, and the Bible says casting down every thought an imagination that exalts itself against the, above the knowledge of God. So if a thought comes that's contrary to what the truth of God's word says, he tells us to cast that thought down. And that's where a lot of believers are missing it. They're not casting the thought down. They're keeping it. And remember, whatever you focus on, you're going to move towards. If you focus on something bad, you're going to move. People are going to move in the direction of their most dominant thoughts. So if my most dominant thoughts are, it ain't going to work out. Guess what? <laughs> it's not gonna but if my out. most dominant thoughts are what the word of God said, like David said, my mo- his most dominant thought was the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. That's because he's my shepherd. And we know the rest of the scripture is good. It's so good. He sums it up at verse six says, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. And, and I just pictured myself walking and two angels behind me. One of them is called goodness and one of them called mercy. They're going to follow me how long? All the days of my life. 
as I dwell with God. But if I disconnect from him, I don't, I think goodness and mercy might disconnect too. Well, see, you know, and, and we're going to look at the course of this week. We'll look at this whole Psalm, but he talks about, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. He doesn't say I'm going to live in the valley of the shadow of death. He's walking through. It's only temporary. But even when he is there, even when all the whole world seems to be against him, you know, because sometimes you're in the valley and sometimes it's dark in there. And sometimes it seems like the whole world has decided to dump on your head. Mm. He says, even though I'm in that place, because this is a psalm people think that, oh, this is what they read at funerals. No, this is a live sheep. This sheep is alive, right? He's not dead. This is a live sheep. And this sheep is so glad that he has the shepherd he has because this shepherd's not going to leave him in want. This shepherd's not going to lead him to places where he can't get fed and get watered. No, this shepherd's going to take care of him. And he says, even though it's bleak, even though it looks bad, even though it looks like the whole world's against me. And you know what? David knew those times because when his son Absalom right. was chasing him, well, that, it didn't look good. That's real bad when your own family members there coming you out go, you, especially man. your when, offspring. When your whole, when, you know, so he knew. He, he's not just writing hyperbole here. He knew what it was like to walk through the valley of the shadow of death. He says, but I'm not going to fear any evil because you are with me. Once again, I, he says, e- even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because I am the king. I will fear no evil because I have riches. No, he says, because you are with me. We as people, as God's people, need to constantly remember that God is with us. And so even on the bleakest day, even when it looks like the whole world might be against us, even when our family seems like they might be against us, and and you might be in a situation where it seems like everything's just going bad, we will be okay. We do not need to fear because he is with us. And one thing we can do, we can declare the same thing that David declared. You know, I will feel fear, yea, even though I'm in this valley, in my life, in this season right now. And a valley represents a low place. Right. Yeah, but he called it the valley of the shadow of death. Oh, man. And, and that's a low, low, when, low when place. When your family's chasing you out of the kingdom, yeah. that's about yeah. as bad as it gets. Right, that's the shadow of death. <laughs> but, but he made a declaration. That's why I say you, fate speaks. This is the part where fate spoke. He says, I will fear no evil. And then he said, why? He said, I'm, de- I'm not going to give up in despair. Right, right. I'm not going to fear no evil because he, he had confidence. For you are with me. Oh, you're right, with that's me? All, what, that's Even all though my son's chasing me, <laughs> yes, I'm still with you. Just keep running. <laughs> keep running, keep hiding. But no, I'm still with you. And he says, your, your, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. I, I believe that was God's word, the truth that he knew about God. That's what comforted him. And then he made another bold declaration. You prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. I always tell Christians this. You have to declare the victory in the midst of the battle. Don't wait till the battle's over and then, oh, I knew it, I knew it. No, no. Right now, everybody know I'm going through something in my life. And, and, and we all, in life, you're always heading towards a storm, in a storm, or you're coming out of storm. Right now, Pastor Vince is coming out of storm. But guess what Pastor Vince has been declaring in the midst of the storm? I've been declaring the victory. He prepares a table for me in the midst of my enemies. I'm saying that now. I'm saying he always causes me to triumph. And that's what, like I say, faith speaks. He's over here speaking about victory. He ain't say, he's talked about his issues. Yeah, yeah, you know, I walk through the valley of shadow of death. But, but I ain't going to fear 
Why? Because God's with me. And he's done already prepared. Prepared means you did something already. It's been done. He prepared a table for me in the presence of my enemies. And we know that. If you know the story of David, he came out victorious. They didn't kill him. Absalom didn't kill him. Saul didn't kill him. And he still reigned as king. The table was still prepared for him in the presence of him. You know what, Richard? That same promise is available for us today. Because my Bible says in Hebrews 13, 8, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. God's no respecter of person. So we can put the same faith, because David was one of, he was a child of the Most High God. We're children of the Most High God. God has no partiality with his children. He so loves he us all like the same. better than other people? No, he don't. And kings go through stuff too. Remember, everybody's got issues, but God loves us all the same. So if David can say this, we could say this too. And, and actually, you need to start saying this because that's what's going to, faith comes by hearing. That's what's going to ignite your faith on fire. And that's the only thing heaven responds to is the truth of God's word. So you have to declare what God says in the midst of your battle. Again, don't wait to the end of the battle. Declare the victory in the midst of the valley. That was that was David. He told uh, Goliath, I'm going to cut your head off. He said, who was this <laughs> circumcised? He said that when he was 16. Right. He was 16. He already declared he, the he, victory. Well, he didn't say, you know what, someday when I get older, no, no, he's God like, I'm going to get you when I get, get big. Guy. No, no, no. He said this you know, day. About 10 more years, I'll be ready. This day, not next week, not next year, but right now, I'm going to slay you. I'm going to chop your head off. And he declared the victory right then, before he went to the battlefield. And that's what we got to do. See, all this stuff in the Bible, I tell people, these aren't cute little stories. These are for our spiritual enrichment and edification. It's to give us faith to say, you know what? That was a child of God, and look how God brought them through. I'm going to employ that same type of faith. I'm going to say some things. I'm going to declare that the Lord is my shepherd, and I shall not want. God will watch over that. He watches over his word to perform it. That's why we need to know what thus said the Lord. Well, you know, I like that you brought up that in the presence of my enemies. because. As he says, you have prepared a place for me, a table for me in the presence of my enemies. Sometimes we think, well, because I'm in the presence of my enemies, and that doesn't have to be your your children chasing you out of the kingdom or Saul looking to kill you. That can just be whatever the problems are. The enemies here. Enemy could be a sickness. Right. Are the problems that you will face right. in your life. That, that's, right. They're a metaphor for right. that. And so even... So people can think, well, I'm in the midst of these problems. I'm in the midst of these trials. That must mean that God doesn't love me anymore. No, what David is saying that these, even in the presence of my enemies, even the presence of my trials, in the presence of my troubles, you are there preparing a table for me. You are never going to leave me. I will never be in want. You are always going to be there for me. And it is so important for us to to actually believe that, to hold on to that truth, that even in the presence of our enemies, even surrounded by whatever problems it is that we have, that God is there preparing a table for us, and we will not be in want. But guess what, Richard? Guess who gets to sit at that table prepared, that he's prepared in the presence of our enemies? Those ones that fought the good fight of faith. Those the ones that had a revelation of, I will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is fixed and focused and stayed and trusted on me. Those who understand that What's the scripture that's on my mind right here? Uh, don't grow weary in well-doing, for in due season you will reap if you don't faint. See, that's, that's where the rubber meets the road at. How do you respond in the midst of adversity? Do you speak all this doubt and unbelief? 
like the children of Israel did in the, in the wilderness. And we know God was taking them to a wealthy place. But some of them, a whole bunch of them, died right out there in the wilderness. And it was mainly because of their speech. And the scripture says that the gospel was preached to us as well as to them. But the word that they heard, God's truth, his word, did not profit them not being mixed with faith. So what they heard, they heard some good news, but guess what? They didn't act on it. Right. Well, see, and then you go back to this, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Do you believe that? See, David believed that he didn't need to fear evil because God was with him. Now, if I believe that God's not with me, if I believe that this is the end, it will be. Whatever you believe. Whatever you believe. See, if I I believe that that this is it and that God has left me, God has forsaken me, if I really believe that, what will happen is the things I do will be completely different than if I believe that God is with me and I need not fear. I'd rather, I I decided to choose that God be for me. And also another thing, David, the scripture says, us New Testament believers, we have a better covenant with better promises. David didn't have... Jesus, per se. He didn't have the promises that came through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. He didn't have the greater one living inside of him. We have him. That's why we declared, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Greater is he that's in me, his he is in the world. Us New Testament Christians, we have, we have better promise, a better covenant with better promises, so we should really be ruling and reigning in life. And the scripture says in Romans, those who received abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness shall rule and reign in life as kings. Uh-oh, that's a powerful statement right there. Rule and reign. What's the opposite of ruling and reigning? It ain't, it's complaining. <laughs> it's complaining. No, we rule and reign as kings. Well, go back and look at David's life again. Or some of the other kings that were pleasing in God's sight. That, that trusted in him. And again, the Bible is for our spiritual enrichment and edification. When I read the Bible, I just, I read it as a love story and as a book that's full of precious promises and shows us the victory. Surely goodness and mercy. Some versions say goodness and love. God's goodness is going to follow me all the days of my life. So mm. God is good. God is good to me, and that goodness will follow me all the days of my life. It doesn't matter if it's a good day or a bad day, whatever the day might be, that God's goodness is going to follow me all the days of my life. His love, his mercy will follow me. Do you know how much we need mercy? (laughs) We don't, any of us, deserve anything from God. We don't deserve it. We didn't do it to earn it. We received his mercy and his grace. And I tell people all the time, if you ever stood before a judge and the judge had you hung guilty, man, they knew they had the evidence. They'd caught you red-handed. Nobody's going to stand in front of the judge and say, give me what I got coming, judge. Give me justice. No, we're going to say, give me mercy. Have mercy on me. (laughs) Right. Have mercy on me. And God's mercy follows us all the days of our life. So Not some of the days. All the days, right? (laughs) And so the... And we need his mercy because you know what? We are like sheep. Sheep are not smart. Sheep are always doing dumb stuff. Sheep need a shepherd because they're not smart enough to be on their own. And so we are like those sheep that have gone astray. We are like sheep that will sometimes fall in a hole. And the shepherd needs to come and pull us back out of the hole because we ain't got sense enough not to get back in that hole. And so that's why we need his mercy, and we need it every single day. And David knew. See, and David wasn't perfect. 
Because we have the story of him and Bathsheba. We're not perfect either, but he still loves us. And we aren't either, and that's why we need his mercy. That's Mm -hmm. why being able to say his goodness and his mercy are going to follow me all the days of my life is an important thing that is very good. And you said something about mercy. You said another word for mercy was love. And you said, you just said, that's why we need his mercy. Well, that's why we need his love. And and I love John 3, 16. For God so love, he he loves. And the scripture says in 1 John, God is love. But I was just focusing on, we're just, we're just, Unpacking this Psalms 23, I was looking at verse 3. Look at verse 3. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Right, not because Ooh, of me. <laughs> for his name's sake. He said, my name's on the line here. <laughs> right. You guys aren't going to discredit my name. Um, Remember the, 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 remember the showdown at Mount Carmel with all right. these prophets? God shows up for his name's sake. But you know what? You have to exalt his name constantly. Remember, I will bless the Lord at all time. His praises shall continually be in my mouth. Oh, so he's going to watch over me talking about him all the time. God say, when, uh, you talk, if you're pumping me up constantly and my praises are continuing in my mouth, oh, I'm going to show up and show out on your behalf. So he restores our soul. He leads us in, look, he leads us in the path of righteousness, not in the path of unrighteousness, on, on a good path for his name's sake. And we know his namesake is what it's all about. I love, I love that verse, you know, because of that, where it says he's going to do it because of him. Mm-hmm. That's not, really what he's not saying. Not because I'm, all the stuff you, the good <laughs> things you did, Richard. That's right. why he's going to do I'm it. Do you've been so of me. good. Because, I, because of the promise I've made. Well, he did it because David was so nice, just like you were just saying. Right. No, it was for his namesake. See, and, and that's where we sometimes get we get messed up as Christians today. We think, oh, well, it's because David was perfect. No, David was an imperfect person. And yet God could say he is a man after my own heart. Because whenever David was caught in sin, what was the first thing he did? He repented of his sin. He didn't make excuses. Saul, I love Saul because he always had an excuse for everything. The men made me do it. This happened. That happened. David, when he realized that he had been in sin, he immediately asked God's forgiveness because he knew that he had God's mercy with him. Okay, okay. Well, you know what? We're going to wrap up this segment, but we're going to come back uh, later on this week and and, uh, unpack Psalms 23 again. But before we go, we'd like to make uh, a book available to you. It's on the bestsellers list. It's Healing Power, Voice Activated by our good friend Drake Travis. Uh, Discover today how your words bless, heal, and restore. It's all about declaring God's word. And we're going to have Drake on the broadcast next week, but uh, we like to make this book available to anyone who financially supports this ministry of Faith on Fire. We'll get the book out to you. Just send a love offering to P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927, in care of Faith on Fire. And remember, keep walking by faith. If this broadcast has been a blessing to you, we ask that you consider sending a love offering to Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927, which allows this broadcast to continue in your local area. Again, that's Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927. Please join us next time on this great station for more Faith on Fire.